Welcome to the Seven Figure Girls Podcast, where we live, laugh, learn, and embrace the wisdom of everyday women doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Katrina the Hurricane. Let's get ready to learn, grow, and crown. Welcome back to the Seven Figure Girl podcast and part two of our conversation with Angel Radcliffe. So I need to give a little disclaimer. This conversation was recorded in December of 2020. So you're going to hear a couple of things that may be a little outdated. And like when we talk about the Tesla split, it's the split of 2020. We're going to talk about some things dealing early on with the pandemic that happened in 2020. So yet I still want you to know the financial investment information is still valid. So let's go. Here's our part two conversation with Angel Radcliffe. All right. So Angel, let's talk about getting into investing. How do you go about buying stock? There's several ways to get started and several platforms, but I always tell someone who's new to, to the stock market to do some research. Um, you definitely want to think about what stocks you want to invest in. Um, if you've never invested in stocks before, start with a small amount, like $100, because the stock market is risky. If you invest your stock and the stock goes down, that's money lost. You can't get it back. So you want to know what you're doing. You want to research the trends, um, when a company really like launched their IPO, how well the company is doing, paying attention um, to, the, to the news. Start watching Bloomberg, downloading um, the apps on your phone so you can pay attention and you can have those notifications of like when those tickers are going up, when there's going down. If you are putting um, an enormous amount of money into a stock, you need to stock that company. <laughs> so set an alert on Google, any other uh, platform for when something is coming out about this company, such as I want to mention Tesla because Tesla is such a big stock right now. Everyone's investing in Tesla. And I always say Tesla is always going to go up. I got into Tesla like really late. Um, this is after they did the split. And I think I still purchased, um, if we want to convert the amount, it, let me start over. <laughs> so I got in at Tesla, I'd say pretty late. So last this time last year, even the year before, you could buy Tesla stock for 60, 70 bucks a share. And then it automatically went up to over 2000 um, February of this year, which was like insane. So think about the people who got in at $60 a share. I know my brother was like one of those people and he uh, made a ton of money on Tesla. He kept telling me, invest in Tesla, invest in Tesla. So by the time I actually took the move to invest in Tesla, Tesla was 343 per share. And this was after the split. So they split. Um, four times. So if we move that back up, that would be like twelve, thirteen hundred dollars essentially. And I'm thinking in my head, well, this is not really going to go up anymore because I mean, if we look at the valuation of what it would have been before the split, the max was only like two thousand. So I wasn't thinking I was going to make a ton of money on Tesla. So I got in at three forty-three over the summer, and the highest it's hit over the past week was six eighty something odd dollars. So essentially like doubled my investments from, from this summer. And I was like, okay, wow. Um, like other, other hot stocks people want to pay attention to, of course, like tech stocks, Amazon, Apple, um, pay attention to like where you can get in into the market. Some companies are offering people to get in um, at partial shares. And I don't really think that you should get in on a partial share. You can't really profit. So save up some money to actually like buy one whole share if it's an expensive stock, such as like um, Amazon or if it's something like Tesla. Um, so the stocks that are over like $1,000 a share, like that, that's like a huge investment. But 
um, find something small, find something that's just starting, that's launching their IPO. A few years ago, Snapchat was like hot when they first hit the market. Um, some of the, the fintech companies, some of the social media apps. So just follow the news that you're hearing, follow um, the, you want to pay attention to the earnings, the revenues, what the company's doing, who they're merging with. Right now, what's like the big thing that everyone's talking about is the COVID vaccine and who came out with the vaccine first is Pfizer, but Moderna uh, has been in talks for months now. Now Moderna's uh, releasing their vaccine. So those are stocks to pay attention to and maybe have some investments in, but it's all about research essentially. Mm -hmm. And I kind of follow the thing of if I use that product, why not have stock in it? Oh, definitely. Right. And definitely. so Southwest, I love me some Southwest Airlines and their <laughs> stock was like only like $35 a share. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm getting in on this because once quarantine is over, everybody's going to be trapped. <laughs> definitely the airlines, um, especially earlier in the pandemic when travel was down and the stocks went down, that was the best time to get in on airlines. But even now, because they're not back at their full capacity um, of people traveling. So those are definitely good stocks to get into and they're inexpensive. Mm -hmm. Like I was shocked. I think um, I got some American too. And American was down to like $22 a share. And so I'm like, yeah, this, this is a great time to get in on those. And I got some Pfizer stock too. I'm like, <laughs> hey, come on vaccine. I'm not getting it, but all for all of you who are. Hey, thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So when you are purchasing things, do you think quality or quantity? I definitely think quality. So, and let me put it into the sense where it's people who shop at like Walmart or Target, like there's nothing against shopping at Walmart and Target, but I feel like if I'm at Walmart or if I'm at Target, and I do shop at Target, <laughs> I purchase clothes, sweats, everything, but if I'm at Target or Walmart and I see like a pair of pants for like $40, I'm like, I can go to the outlet and actually get something better quality for the same price. Like that's my whole way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, it's so funny. So my best friend and business partner, um, we've been best friends since we were 14. And she really was instrumental in teaching me the difference between quality over quantity. Because, you know, coming from the west side of Chicago, like, I don't even know if people remember these stores, Zare and Venture and <laughs> these little stores, Rainbow, right? Go get you a quick outfit. You know, and she was like, why don't you just stop buying all this cheap stuff, right? And she's like, you got a lot of cheap stuff. She was like, you really need to start investing in your wardrobe. And once I started doing that, I would have clothes that would last 10 years because I consider myself to have a classic style. And so I'm like, I'm not a trendy person. I'm not going to get the like the newest, cutest thing or whatever. But I'm like, I still have clothes from high school, a pair of jeans <laughs> that I can now fit since I've lost weight again. I can now fit. And I'm like, they still look good. I have worn these jeans out. Like nobody knows the difference. And so really it is about quality. It's not, I mean, and I try to practice minimalism more, which means, you know, you really have to look at the amount that you're paying for something versus the longevity of it. Like, why would I buy two of something cheap when I could spend a little more, pay for it one time, but I pay for it for a lifetime? 
Definitely. And that's something that I encompass as well. The whole less is more. I remember a few years ago, I did a purge where I was, I was like, I have way too many things. And I started to just donate things, sell things online. And, and those clothes that are really good quality, you're right. They last for a long time. I have dresses in my closet that's been there for 10 years. I probably can't fit them, <laughs> but they're in the closet. <laughs> they're good quality. <laughs> but, um, but definitely we have to look at like the things that we're buying because sometimes that's like a form of wasting money. So if you're going to the stores where you can get leggings for $5 and they, they're going to tear up every time you throw them in the washer or dryer, and then you're constantly like repurchasing, repurchasing, essentially over time, you're, you're losing money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people, I think especially women, because our fashion changes so much, but some those classic things, like um, I mostly, I have a large wardrobe that are, that's black, white, and gray. We know those colors aren't going out of season. <laughs> you can wear those things at any time. And so to really think about that, especially working in corporate America, um, you have to have a more tailored look, right? And so, because I remember one time I lost weight and my friends were like, Katrina, the inseam of your pants should not be around your knees. You need to go shopping. Like, stop hanging on to these clothes. <laughs> I was like, ew, leave me alone. And so... Um, but I understand it. And so you have to really invest to have that quality, right? And so that, that goes along with budgeting perfectly. So what are your tips and tricks for being a good financer? Oh, gosh. I have so many. I need you to elaborate. So I don't want <laughs> <go on> a <laughs> tangent. <laughs> All right. So what would you tell your younger self now that you have learned? What tips and tricks would you give your younger oh, self? Oh, definitely. If, if I could talk to my younger self, one, I would say start saving at an early age. Um, and not only like just to start saving, but just the importance of money and and the less importance of like having like the nicer things and how some, some things don't last. So think about when you were like 18 or 19 and you spurged on something. Like you probably don't have that item right now. I know I don't. I remember like spurging on shoes and all kinds of things. Like I don't know where those things are. <laughs> and that's money that could have uh, been invested. I would have told myself to start investing into the stock market early. You think 20 years ago, look how cheap Amazon was. We'd be probably millionaires if we yes. would have invested yes. like when we were in college. Um, even going back to college, and earlier you mentioned people who were taking those refund checks and buying like bikes and buying all these things. If I could go back, I would have taken that money and invested it into the stock market. And I see kids are doing that now. And I said, only if we had that knowledge back when we were in college. Um, so those are some tips I would have given myself, especially to manage the money, not let it burn up <laughs> in my pocket. Yeah. And so what, what advice would you give um, a young woman your age now who is going paycheck to paycheck? Like, so I have a few mentees who are, um, I say in the age range of like 20 to 25. And it's, it's so crazy. Like when I sit and I talk to them because I'm like, they're not really that much younger, but essentially like they are <laughs> like in the mindset I say in mindset and you look at like how much you you grow like over the years I'm like okay like we're really not that much older but you learn so much so I tell them um to watch what they're spending of course like they're at that age you want to buy the nicer things and stay on top of the trends and 
Um, I try to stress to them the importance of investing, the importance of home, home ownership, especially at a younger age and how it's, it is an investment. Um, and, and just really to not loan money to family members. So that, that's a thing as well. That's, that's one thing I want to touch on because sometimes we get caught into the cycle of helping family members out and they don't pay us the money back. And so we get stuck in a rut or that um, messes up the money that we have slated for savings or for investments. And, and that can be a reason why people live check to check too, is trying to help other people within their family. So um, think about the things that are important. Think about their goals, how they're going to achieve them and, and start taking the steps to move towards those goals financially. A lot of us have been guilty of this situation. For one, like you said, mention, uh, mentioning of loaning uh, family money. I no longer do that. Um, I give it as a gift. And because with a loan, you're always looking at if they haven't paid it back, oh, what are they doing with their money? They haven't paid me back. Oh, look, they went and bought new shoes. They went and bought a purse, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So I usually give it as Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday. Don't come back to me from that nail till you go. God bless. But I think we have also been guilty, especially I know I have, of being in a relationship and picking up the financial slack of my boyfriend. So what are your suggestions or your opinion about that? So one, I always say, especially for us women, um, I, I, I'm definitely what people would call a traditionalist. My mom always says I'm so conservative, but when I look at relationships and I think about like those roles of like the man and woman, the man is supposed to be the provider. That That's just my way of thinking. Other people think of it more as a partnership. And I think it's more partnership when you're married. Like dating is totally different. Like if, if I'm in a relationship and a guy is like having financial issues, like I, I'm not picking up his flag. I'm like, okay, that's a red flag to me. Um, because at this particular age, I think, you know, people should have their stuff together. And of course, everyone's not perfect, but you shouldn't go into a relationship looking for help. And sometimes that's what people are doing these days. They're looking for help. They're not looking for like a partner. They're like, okay, I'm going to date this person because uh, they need a place to stay. And they're like, a couple months, we're going to move in together or some it, crazy situations are. Um, but I definitely think that each person should be able to handle like their own household, their own finances. Now, when you're going on dates, that's a little different because I don't think a guy should have to pay for like every single date. Like sometimes, of course, like the woman may want to treat or um, maybe if it's like something expensive vacation, it can it can be split or. Um, but when you say picking up financial slack, I'm thinking about someone can't pay their bills. Like I had I dated a guy who asked me to borrow money for his light bill. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> like what the heck is going on? You can't pay your light bill. I was like this is not going to work. So, so that's just my, my two cents on that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've been in that situation. You get sucked in because if you, yeah. especially if you've been dating someone for a while and there's an emotional connection and you really like this person, like we start thinking like, okay, well, that's going to be my man. I'm going to help him because you would want someone to help you, right? And I don't think that you should look as, look to the person you're in a relationship with, like, like, where's, where are your family and friends? I'm like, if you have an issue, like, there's people that know you better than me, like, and, unless we're about to get married, and, like, if we're about to get married, we've been paying for a wedding, like, then it becomes more partnership, like, we've been putting money in a pot, and we're both trying to achieve a goal, and so there could be an, an issue of, like, maybe both of us are slacking, or, um, because I, I've had friends who, who 
planned for their wedding and they spent every dime they had to get married. Whereas like their wedding day, they had zero in their bank accounts. And it's like, that's totally different. Like if y'all were like trying to accomplish this goal, but like if you're just dating a couple months and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, my alternator went out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Had a guy tell me that once. I mean, I have some stories on, oh, we have to do a podcast on that. But (laughs) (laughs) gas money, I'm going to start side-eyeing you and I probably won't answer your phone calls anymore. (laughs) Yeah. how many women like go broke behind guys that they're dating? I mean, same for me. And like, I mean, it goes both ways. Yeah, it does. And I remember uh, with my ex-fiance being in premarital in the financial class. And I I, I was the only one in my group who broke down in tears because I, I do not want to give him my money. I do not want to share my money with him because he was so bad with his. And, you know, just seeing those differences on how we thought about financially, like he would blow his money in the span of a few days. And, you know, I'm like, then I'm picking up the slack for the rest of the month. And and we're in two different households. I'm like, it would be different if we were together in one household. I didn't think it would be that bad, but I'm like, I didn't see any progression with getting closer to getting married. I didn't see anything changing. And so... Yeah, in the last few months, I'm like, it was it was just crazy. Yeah, we, we can do a whole podcast. Well, you know, I think situations. Yeah, I, and I think at the age that we are now, um, those are pertinent questions to ask in the beginning of dating. Like, you can't wait like months down the line. Like, because I'm at the point where I don't want to waste time. I don't want anybody to waste my time. And I, I'm like, if I get to a point, even within like the first few dates you should ask questions about like their their views on money family like there's so many things like to get out the way instead of like waiting like when we were younger and you just kind of figure it out it's like no I need to know now and if you're in a bad financial situation or you can't manage your money like we ain't talking about that now and like are you willing to change because some people are not willing to to change they're like stuck in their ways at our age and so you know I thought I was doing it right definitely definitely like finances are so important um and it is the number one reason like for for couples divorcing and people would automatically think like infidelity is like a reason no it's like finances like finances can can tear up a happy home Mm -hmm. right all right so this has been an amazing financial conversation but i want to get to know you a little better so i have some questions for you okay okay all right so since this is a finance and pageantry um, podcast, I know you've been to a pageant of mine, but what is your opinion of pageantry? What do you think about it? You know, I think it's cute. And it's something when I was younger, I always wanted to do something like that and like do like modeling and pageantry. And it was something where I didn't have an opportunity to do. So I think it's it's fascinating, like just to see like that particular side and in that world and being like a girly girl. Um, I feel like when I was growing up, I grew up with a lot of male cousins. Um, There's not a lot of women in my family that are like my age. And I was a tomboy until high school. And so I always like, oh, I wish I could have been like this, like girly girl and done this and done that. And like, I never thought about doing it, doing it as an adult, but, but I love it. That is great. Um, Just so you know, my pageant is back on in June. I'll give you the dates (laughs) so you can come. All right. So if you weren't doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing? Oh, wait, that's a good one. So I remember graduating from high school and I wanted to go to the Air Force. 
And I have a cousin, he went to the Air Force. He was like two years older than me. And I, I always like used to read magazines and like see like the planes. And I'm like, I'm going to fly like an F-16. And that was like something I wanted to do. I still would like to learn how to fly a plane. But um, I'd probably be in the military. Like if I if I wouldn't have taken the path of like going down to college. Um, and I don't know where that would have led me. <laughs> but, but it always seemed interesting like to, to just fly like those planes and fighter jets. And, that was something I was into for a long time. And my mom's like, no, you're not going to the military. <laughs> but you would have been in the Air Force. To me, that, that there are different levels, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Air Force, I'm like, yeah, that, that would have been a good one. All right. <laughs> so what is your favorite food and where can we purchase it? Oh, so I don't have like a favorite dish in particular, but I love Thai food. Like I love, 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 actually, I just had this conversation the other night and um, one of my favorite places in Dallas is called Malai Kitchen. Um, the owner, I actually know the owners there. So their first location is in the West Village, like uptown and they have a, they opened a few other stores, I believe like South Lake and Fort Worth. Um, so around the DFW Metroplex, but uh, Thai food is like my, my best friend. I can live off of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew that about you. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to go to a Thai restaurant one day. All right. We'll have to take my son too, because you know he loves Asian cuisine. So. <laughs> All right. And what is your favorite vacation spot and why? Because I know you love to travel. Oh gosh. So for relaxation, it would just be any beach. Um, no beach in particular, just a beach. Like when I need to rest and have relaxation like I'm thinking like I need to be on the beach lay out in the sun get some vitamin d and just sip on somebody's margarita but um if we're talking like I mean gosh I guess that's like a twofold question because it's like the relaxation part and then it's like the exploration part (laughs) so relaxation is like beach somewhere in the Caribbean preferably um exploration like Europe I love Europe I'm like infatuated with with other countries and learning about other cultures and um I think everything's so much more accessible in Europe versus the U.S. whereas like okay yes we can go to like all these different states but there's not necessarily like a culture per se that you're learning about it's like all like American like history and when you're in Europe you can hop on a train and go like two hours from Paris to to Belgium and another hour to Amsterdam and three hours to Germany and you know take the train to London and I'm like it, everything's so close but so different so one train ride one two-hour train ride takes you into a whole nother world and so that's something I, I really love uh, to explore when this pandemic is over that's where I'm going <laughs> <laughs> all right and last but not least where do you see yourself in the next five years Oh, the next five years. That's a good one. (laughs) So I've toyed with the idea um, of living in Europe. And I don't know if I don't know if if it would be in the next five years, because I do want to get married. I do want one child. But even with that, I've thought about like, if whoever I marry, they have a flexible job, we can do it. (laughs) We can live overseas. (laughs) Um, I would hope to, if not be living overseas, to sort of be by you can not necessarily by coastal, but by country ish. <laughs> so living back and forth, that's mm-hmm. just definitely a goal of mine. Um, I'd say within business, my goal has always been to um, step out of corporate America, America again. 
I've done it twice in my lifetime. One was involuntarily in the 0809 recession, and the other time was voluntarily in 2015, um, where I just needed a break in, in career change. And so I always say, okay, when I step out again, um, my my first goal, like before I stepped out, was saving like one hundred thousand dollars, which I did that. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm not ready. I think I need to save more money, and I want to encompass other things, build my network. So when I step out again, I want it to be like for good, to where I can add on other aspects to um, the business that I have. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that will that will be what I'm doing in five years. All right. That is amazing. I want to touch on one thing and I don't know if you want to um, add on to it, but I remember a post um, during the beginning of the pandemic and you were like, I just lost $25,000 in the stock market. (laughs) I was like, girl, how much you got in there that you lose and you're okay. So you know what? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. So I just, I was like, wow, I know somebody personally who can lose that much and be like okay like she's not freaking out she's not you know all kind of things so just to me honestly um I think you're an amazing person and that's why I am friends with you and I just love talking with you but I want some of your financialness to rub off on me I want to be able to have a post (laughs) that say girl I lost this much and it's gonna come back it's gonna be all right (laughs) Well, you know, it has come back actually like, um, so at the beginning of the, of the year, which was like a pivotal time for me because I was like going into purchasing a home and I had already, you know, had to take out money to uh, put down on my house and, and I wanted like a nicer house than I have. And I was like, you know what, let me just start small because I don't know if I'll actually be here. I may rent it out. And so I was actually going to take money out of my, um, out of my investments in 401k to put towards the down payment. I was like, no, I'm just going to go with like some of the cash I have. And I remember like the next week after closing, that's when the, actually it was the same week, the stock market like dropped. And I looked and I was like, oh my God. And so this was within my 401k and also within investments I had in the stock market. And I wanted to cry because I said, okay, I was literally just thinking of taking this money out. And I'm like, now it's gone. And I knew it wasn't like a smart idea to go and like rush and like take the money out because any time in history, you've seen the stock market go down, it always goes back up. And so it has went back up and like, actually I've made money since then. But, um, but it's amazing, like what compound interest will do just with like those smart investments. And so um, I definitely take advantage of like the match. I'm at a point now where I max out my 401k. So I put in the 19,500 a year um, and then I take money and I put it into tech stocks and I leave it. And, and it is scary. Like at first I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want this much money sitting here, but if I log into my brokerage account now, like most of the stocks, especially Peloton and Tesla, my money has doubled in those stocks. So, so you can lose, a good chunk of change especially with your 401k so um but I always don't panic it'll come back like if you could do it once you can do it twice so all right that reminds me of a Jay-Z uh song you're not what is it well you're not wealthy you're not rich unless you can pay for it twice or something like that oh if there is some lyric like that I don't I don't know Jay-Z off the top of my head but yeah like um, or some people will say, if you can't pay for it in cash, um, so you don't need a lot it. of different things. Yeah. You don't, mm-hmm. you can't pay for any cash. You don't need it. But, um, God, that's a whole nother conversation because <laughs> like a finance, we have, to, so like when, like financial journeys and saving money, like it becomes so real after a while. Like once you really, um, 
once you really commit to changing your life and once you commit to like saving money, like time goes by slowly at the beginning, like for someone trying to save their first 5,000 or first 10,000. And I remember like that being a goal of mine. And then once I hit like 5,000 and 10,000, I was like, oh, like I thought it was like so cool. So awesome. I was like, I saved like 5,000, I saved 10,000. And I was like, okay, I wonder if I could save more. And I kept setting like these goals to save more and save more. Whereas when I look at my investments and the money that I have like cash on hand and it's like a couple hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, this is insane. Like I'm like sitting there like this is like surreal. But in, in actuality, if we go back to when we graduated from college, if we would have started investing uh, fully into our 401ks then by this time, like there's people our age who already have a million dollars in their 401k. And I'm like, that is so crazy. Like if only I can go back. Right. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it, it, finances are, are are interesting. It just takes um, commitment. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of commitment and focus. So yes. All right, Angel. I want to thank you so much for being a part of Seven Figure Girl podcast, and you will be on again. I trust me. I thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation, and I'd be happy to come back as a guest. Yes, and so let us know where we can find you. What are your social media handles? So all my social media is um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, Miss RMBA, M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Um, that goes for Clubhouse, too. If anyone is on Clubhouse and they're listening, <laughs> we got to get you on Clubhouse. And um, my website, so angelradcliffe.com or uh, MissRMBA.com, it converts to the same site. So you can send an inquiry. You can uh, locate the book there. There's shirts. There's masks. Um, and, and some old blogs. I haven't blogged as of lately, but there's some old content there. All right. And also you will be able to find her information on our guest page on sevenfigurals.com. So you can be able to reach out to her. All right, everyone. Thank you. Have a great day and we will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Girls podcast. To learn more about 7 Figure Girls or 7FG, check out our website at 7figuregirls.com. Please subscribe, share, and rate us anywhere where you can listen to your podcast. Until next time, cherish her, embrace her, honor her, and always crown her.